Hey everybody, it's Christina Caramo and welcome to It's Solid Food. So guys, you know, um, <laughs> yeah, lately I've been talking about just politics mostly. Today we're going to turn to a little bit of the culture war that we see ranging. Um, you know, in our society we have got this notion that somehow female empowerment revolves around my comfortability or how comfortable I am with exposing myself. That if I'm truly a female who is truly empowered, I would get completely naked, expose myself, behave in sexually immoral ways for the enjoyment and entertainment of other people. And that, that is a hallmark. That is a point. That is a sign that I'm empowered and comfortable. And it's really just belittling and it's contributing to a lot of the broken hearts and dysfunction we see in our society. And that's what we'll be talking about. I'm Christina Caramo, and now it's time for some solid food. with solid food where we discuss all things in christian apologetics culture and politics so what prompted me to have this conversation today regarding the the just the pervasiveness and celebration of sexual immorality it's like idolatry um it is idolatry the way we idolize sex in our culture it's just like the hallmark of personal freedom you know you think about like the satanic temple uh they're very big proponents of abortion and they have this phrase uh, that goes, thyself is thy master. And they see abortion as like a spiritual practice. It's like the highest form of self-actualization. Um, it's really upsetting. It's really, really upsetting. Um, however, however, I'm not going to get too far off into that, but it's just a point to another problem we see in our culture. So this thing called the silhouette challenge. And I'm so humored by these various challenges that we see um, on social media. Someone will start something. It's a challenge. And humans are so easily influenced by other humans that we start to do things that are just completely inappropriate because we see other people doing it. And it's cute and funny and trendy. Oh, that's cute. All right. Let me try it. No, no. So the first challenge to come out was this challenge called the Busted Challenge, where these women would just wear regular clothes and then they would like drop down and start shaking their butts like and they would be all dressed up pretty and things of that nature. So the newest one, which I will point to an article about, called the Silhouette Challenge. And this is an article from the New York Post. Women bust TikTok pervs after exposing viral silhouette challenge scam. So as you can see from the picture, what it is, it's a woman. So they come on the screen. They're dressed normal. And they it's a song that plays. And then suddenly they hit the lights. And it's like the silhouette. But the woman is totally naked. But she's dancing it's like a silhouette of her dancing naked. And the thing about it is you see so many people doing this stuff and it's so ungodly. It is so ungodly. And the thing about it is, is that to be clear, let's first see what scripture says about sex and family and then not family, but sex. And then we'll get into my discussion of this silhouette challenge and the broader implications of it in our culture. The reason why I start with scripture, because everything all of our knowledge should be founded in the word of God. Now, people have this idea that Christians are sexually repressed. That is false. We just don't believe in sexual immorality. You know, and I and I always say this like this, and, you know, maybe this episode isn't for children, 
Um, it depends on the conversations you had with your children. So I'm forewarning you that maybe this episode, some of the things I'm going to say may come across cruel, but I'm saying it in such a blunt way to make a point. Um, everything from the beginning to the end of the sex act is designed to be very pleasurable because the rate of pleasure that both the male and the female feel, it, uh, it increases the likelihood of a child being conceived. Okay. Okay. So when a woman has an orgasm, now we know for a man it's it's critical because that's how he um, releases the seed into the woman. But even for a woman, when she has an orgasm, her uterus contracts and it kind of functions like a vacuum motion to make it easier for the sperm and egg to meet. So everything from the very beginning of the sex act to the very end is designed to conceive a child. And both parties enjoying the sex act increase the likelihood of a child being conceived. God would not design sex to be very fun. And the, the more enjoyment each party gets, increase the likelihood of a child be conceived if he didn't intend for us to join sex. Now, I'm not also saying that the only time a married couple should have sexual activity is if they're intending to have a kid. They could just do it for fun because that's what they want to do. It's totally fine. It's completely moral. So let's turn to what the Bible says. I'm going to start with 1 Corinthians 7. And it reads, Now regarding the question you asked in your letter, yes, it's good to abstain from sexual relations. But because there is so much sexual immorality, each man should have his own wife and each woman should have her own husband. Aha, polygamist. So hey, if you want to just be single, celibate that's a good thing that's fine there are people who stay single their entire lives but if that's the case then they should make sure that they're not having sex if people like oh i don't want to get married yeah are you having sex okay but i keep going the husband should fulfill his wife's sexual needs and the wife should fulfill her husband's needs wait a minute wait let's read that again first corinthians 7 3 the husband should fulfill his wife's sexual needs and the wife should fulfill her husband's needs. Now, that doesn't sound like sexual repression to me. I don't know about you, but it's clear that scripture is telling men, you have to satisfy your wife sexually. I'm telling women, you should satisfy your husband sexually. Does that sound like repression? No. The wife gives authority over the wife gives authority over her body to her husband and the husband gives authority over his body to his wife. Verse 5. Do not deprive each other of sexual relations unless you both agree to refrain from sexual intimacy for a limited time so you can give yourselves more completely to prayer. Afterward, you should come together again so that the that Satan won't be able to tempt you because of your lack of self-control. So it is clear in scripture that men, husbands and wives have obligations to sexually please their spouse. That doesn't sound like sexual repression to me. You read the Song of Solomon? We won't go there today. But there's a reason why churches don't often teach out of the Song of Solomon. Because... One of the themes in songs of Song of Solomon is about a husband and wife delighting in each other sexually. And it's not this one-sided image that people try to portray, like Christians uh, believe that somehow women bodies belong to men. No, 
It's clear. Husbands, you have to fulfill your wife's sexual needs. Why am I pointing this out? So the culture is lying. When they say that God or that uh, doesn't want people to enjoy sex or wants to keep women sexually oppressed, no, you just can't be a slut or a whore. <laughs> That's it. And that goes for both men and women. For too long in our culture, we permitted men to be sexually immoral. But who are the men being sexually immoral with? Prostitutes. And so then a lot of women had enough because, the, and, I've, and I've made this criticism on my show before. The church did not stick up for women who were being vic- who were victims of their adulterate their adulterous husbands. The church did not. They did not stick up for women who were experiencing husbands who were just habitual habitual adulterers. And so finally, the world spoke up and said, "Sisters, have fun too." And that's what we see today. But if the church would have done its job calling out these loose men for cheating on their wives instead of this notion. And we all know it's true. For a long time, oh, all men cheat. You just got to deal with it. Now we see what we see today. But women, instead of having a kingdom response, let me repeat that again. Instead of having a kingdom response, we turn to the world, which now you have just more ungodly. That's what's happened. But let's read this article. And it states. Uh, so, women bust TikTok pervs after exposing viral silhouette challenge scam. It's super shady. Originally created as a way to empower the female body. Again, here I can see what I said. Getting naked, exposing yourself is not empowerment. Why? Why? What in the world? When did it become empowering to expose yourself? But I digress. Originally created as a way to empower the female body, the TikTok still, and this is this is the excuse to make pornography. This is just it's just, it's just, porn, it's just pornographic. So get naked, do this sexual stuff, sleep with strangers, whatever. It's all uh, excuse me. It's all um, empowerment. That's why you do it. Okay, whatever. It's being, uh, the silhouette child is being discouraged by women who warn that the trend is being used by men, and probably some women too, by the way, to gawk at naked women. Their PSAs have since gone viral on social media. The original trend entails placing a red filter over a clip of oneself gyrating naked or semi-nude so it appears as if their shadow is dancing seductively like an animation in a Bond film, in a Bond film's opening credits. However, social media opportunists have discovered how to remove the filter, thereby revealing the poster's bare, naked, or partially clad bodies, BuzzFeed reported. They've also posted tutorials on YouTube and elsewhere showing fellow voyeurs how to follow suit. This is readily happening across social media with little community violation response by Facebook, Twitter or Instagram, Snapchat or TikTok. One instance, Facebook Samaritan of the brazen privacy violation. First of all, no, you violated your own privacy by posting that. You sit there and post a video of yourself naked dancing and you're mad because somebody removed the filter. You shouldn't have posted that up there in the first place because you wanted people to watch you be sexual. So no, no. They added 
When, remain, when reminded that this is gross, creepy, and non-consenting, men responded that women are always finding ways to make themselves victims and they shouldn't have been naked on the internet. I agree 100%. I agree 100%. I'm going to get back to that in one second. This is a huge consent violation and that YouTube should remove them ASAP, tweeted EJ Dixon, a culture writer at the Rolling Stones. And another PSA with almost 100,000 likes, a TikTok user warned challenge participants to be cognizant of what you're wearing before you do all the editing or of the final product. The self-proclaimed photographer also posted a video, uh, uh, a video up, uh, follow-up video in which she refuses to demonstrate the silhouette challenge and instead posts comments from outraged commentators. Fortunately, it seems that the anti-peeper brigade police haven't fallen on deaf ears. A subreddit on peeking behind the digital red curtain called R Silhouette Unfiltered has been suspended while Twitter scrapped several accounts that were editing the TikTok post and shaming the participants. Now, let me go back to this point here where this said, they added, when we remain gross, reminded that this gross, creepy, and non-consenting man responded that women are always finding ways to make themselves victims and they shouldn't have been naked on the internet. I agree. I agree. I agree with that line 100%. And I'm going to tell you why. Because as a woman, I'm not going to do that. Okay, I edit videos. Common sense should tell you that people can remove that filter. That's what common sense should have told you. I know that. But the thing about it is, why are you post that for people to be sexually aroused by you? Don't tell me it's female empowerment. It's not. You post it to look sexy. You post it so people can fantasize about you. That's why you posted it. You can, like, I was funny. I was having a conversation with a friend the other day. And my friend kind of called me to the carpet on this a little bit. It was funny. And, and I said, well, no, I was talking about dressing up. I said, well, no, I like to look nice for myself. My friend's like, you like to look nice because you want men to, to look at you. You want men to find you attractive. And I don't mean being lewd or anything like that. But I, my friend is right. You know, we do, of course, you want to feel good about yourself, but the undergirding reason why when we go out places, we fix ourselves up because we want to appear attractive. Now, if you as a woman decide to get naked and dance on the internet, whether you have a filter or not, the goal is to be sexually stimulating. You want people. You don't do this for no reason. You don't post this challenge for people to laugh at you, for people to think it's funny. You post it because you want attention. I make this podcast because I want attention. But the question is, what do I want attention for? I want attention to get information out there and hopefully change the culture for Christ. That's why I do stuff. I'm not going to lie. And even when you take a selfie of yourself that looks pretty, you like it and you want people to see it. I've done it too. Likewise, when you get butt naked and put a red filter over yourself, you do it for people to find you sexually exciting. Period. End of story. Now, are the people removing the filter wrong? Of course they're wrong. Of course they're wrong. They're wrong because it's pornographic and they're wanting to see naked women, who, who these women who aren't their wives. But at the same time, these women are wrong for uploading the videos of themselves in the first place. And this is precisely what's wrong with our culture. That so many women have bought into the hedonistic lie 
that sleeping around, exposing yourself, dressing half naked is somehow empowering. You know, I laugh at myself. I've seen pictures of myself at 18 and 19 and something that was way too short and way too tight. I'm guilty of that too. Okay? But the thing about it, as you get older and you understand, like, this is not appropriate. This is not okay. And what happens is, is as a culture, right? So when we as a culture frown on certain behaviors, shame has a proper place in society. So we frown on that we discourage women from doing this stuff. And we tell the truth. That, hey, this is not okay. This is not what God wants you to do. You should not go around trying to sexually stimulate men or women or whatever. That's not what you're supposed to be doing. Now, again, there's nothing wrong with wanting to look cute. I like my clothes to fit and look nice. I don't go, when I go about, I got two modes of clothing. Homeless and dressed up. Okay? Two modes of dress. If I go to a party... Or whatever, I want to look cute. I want my clothes to fit me nice. I want to look attractive. Nothing wrong with that. Nobody's saying wear a paper bag. Nobody, let me stop because I'm, <laughs> nobody's saying wear a long skirt to your ankles and no earrings. I'm not doing that. Okay, I'm wearing earrings. I'm going to look cute. I'm going to do my hair. I want to wear a little makeup. I'm going to do those things. My clothes are going to fit me cute. Not, I don't wear baggy clothes. Nothing wrong with that. But the thing about it is, is you are doing something for the sole purpose of getting someone sexually aroused. That, ladies, is immoral. That is immoral. That's the whole purpose. You're trying to sexually arouse people. When I dress cute, I want to look at There's a difference. Between, of course, when somebody's attracted to someone, it's physical. So it's the underlying attraction is sexual in nature. Of course. Of course. That's human attraction. Human physical or relation it's a difference between attraction like oh we're friends and i mean this person gravitate or we clicked because we're friends but if i see a man i'm attracted to i don't go oh i wonder if he has a great mind and stunning character no that's not what happens when i first time i'm like oh, he's cute undergirding that oh he's attractive that's undergirding that is sexual okay however the man's purpose of putting on a nice suit and wearing cologne is not so all these women want to sleep with him that's not the purpose. You want to look attractive. So we know that there's a line between I want to look attractive, I want to look handsome or pretty or what have you, then I just want people to lust after me. That's the word I'm looking for. You want people to lust after you. So there's that. But then the other component of it is that so many women I see all the time complaining that men don't respect us because we don't respect ourselves. You know, someone had a saying, and I believe it, oh my God, when sex got easy, love got hard. Easy sex has cheapened dating. It has cheapened marriage. It has cheapened relationships. I saw someone post on Facebook that you got so many couples who are fornicating before marriage and then wonder why their marriage is filled with sexual immorality because you guys couldn't restrain yourself sexually while dating. What makes you think you're going to be able to restrain yourself sexually while you're married? You're not going to be able to. I mean, you can with the Holy, with Holy Spirit. You know, it's not like when you get married, suddenly other people are unattractive. Oh, now that I'm married, I see no more attractive people. See attractive people till you die. Come on, folks. But the million dollar question is, how do you respond when you see these attractive people? That's the question. That's the question. But women, see, you have to understand it upsets the balance of society now that women have embraced this idea of being promiscuous. And let me explain to you why. 
in most of society, a man cannot get sex unless he had a wife. And as we know, men are far more sexually aggressive than women. So, before a man could get sex, he had to get married. Before he could get a wife, he had to prove himself to be a man that he could protect and provide for his wife and any children they have to her father and the other men in her family or in the community. Once said man has proven that he is a sufficient protector and provider, he would have a wife and then she would have sex with him. And the reason why this is important because a man had to be able to prove that he could be a contributing society member. You are not going to be given the ability to put more children in this world if you cannot prove to other men in the community in which you live that you were a contributing society member who, were, who, who was going to honor your commitment to protect your wife, to keep her and the children safe, and to take good care of her. That is why in most societies it would be men who go out to go and work and the women would stay home. But we've poo-pooed on the responsibilities of a woman at home and our kids are a hot mess. They've been raised by the internet and government schools. And don't get me started on eating a bad diet. Because one of the reasons why people are eating so unhealthy, because when you're a woman and you're working eight, nine hours a day, do you really feel like coming home cooking a dinner from scratch? And the women who do die young from heart attacks because they're overworked and overwhelmed. There was a reason why society was balanced in the way that it was. God created things a certain way. It wasn't to subjugate women. It was to protect us. Now you see so many women raising children alone. You see so many women brokenhearted. You see so many kids dysfunctional because daddy over here, mama over there. We know it's true. It's because of sexual immorality. It's because men and women no longer honor God. They honor their crotches. People honor their crotch. Their crotch is their God. They just let it lead them wherever it goes. And now we got all this mess. I saw a video, uh, I think Vice put out or somebody saying that we should destigmatize herpes. What? We need to destigmatize herpes. I don't, and I, and I know some people watch this may have genital herpes. So I'm not trying to make people feel bad, but my point is um, having a sexually transmitted disease is not something that should be normalized. But the reason why they're trying to normalize it because people have been so promiscuous that so many people have it. So many people have genital herpes. So now it's like, well, does destigmatize genital herpes? And I'm not saying that because a person has genital herpes, they're a bad person or they're nasty. Because a lot of people have been, they just, just, love, just like, the, I, I, I don't really believe in luck, but you stepped outside of the will of God and you got what it had coming. And I'm not saying you deserve it necessarily but that's why god tells us not to do these things when god puts restrictions on our sexual behavior it's for your own protection if everybody has sex with one person for the rest of their lives there will be no stds the divorce rate will probably cut to like 10 percent, 10 to 20 percent for some other stuff because pretty much every divorced person i know not every there's a couple but i know a lot of divorced people it was sexual immorality. It was infidelity. They broke up their marriages. This is a problem. It's destroying our marriages. See, strong marriages mean strong families. Because the mom and the dad are the bedrock to which the children sprout from. So when you have whole people and whole people who are following Christ, people who have, even if you're not a Christian, even if you're something else, even if you're Jewish or Muslim, whatever, 
But if you have people or Buddhists or what, what have you, but if you have people who have honored their commitment to one another and honor their commitment to their families, then those people are going to raise healthy children. And those healthy children are going to create a healthy society. But the ultimate way is rooted in Christ. But even if a person isn't a Christian, this is still just fundamental common sense. But when you have dysfunction, where kids all over the place, parents all over the place, that stems from sexual brokenness. So when God puts restrictions on our sexual behavior, it's to protect the family, it's to protect you, it's also protect you, your body, your heart. But women have embraced this notion that I want to go fly, let my, my whole flag fly, and then turn around, and when men don't respect you, you're like, I can't believe this. When you act like a cheap piece of meat, you're going to get cheap treated like one. You know, you, a McDonald's hamburger, it comes, I don't even eat McDonald's hamburgers, but I've seen other people eat them. I had a bad experience about five years old. I put too much ketchup on my burger. Try one again when I was like 22. No. Anyway, when you get a McDonald's burger, it's all smushed up and cheap and sorry looking, right? You go to some one of these hoity-toity nice places where you spend $15 on your hamburger. The bun, the, the brioche bun is so perfect. The toppings are delicious. Sauce is immaculate. The whole thing is just wonderful from start to finish. Okay? It's because it's, it, it, it costs more to have it. So when it costs more to have something, you value it more. You expect more. And when something is cheap, it's all squished up and terrible looking and people just want something to put in their mouth. So when you as a woman are letting your whole flag fly and just, I know that sounds like a horrible term to use. Maybe I shouldn't use it. I'm sorry. If it's wrong, I'm sorry. But I'm just saying, if you are a woman who are just exposing yourself to anybody who's watching, to anybody who's looking and then you get treated loosely why are you surprised there are you know this is the problem in our this moral relativistic culture they want to live in a world that does not exist they want to live in a world that does not exist they want to function in a world that does not exist and then when real life comes and bites them in the butt they're all surprised why are men respecting me why is this happening? Because you're violating human nature. You're violating our hardwired nature that God has created, that has been corrupted by our sinfulness. And because the nature God has put in us has been corrupted by our sinfulness, God has given us a holy Bible, a set of instructions to live by, to minimize the damage that you experience from this corruption. Most importantly, is so that you will come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ, and become saved. But secondly, so you can live a peaceful life on earth as much as possible, considering that we live in a fallen world. And that and that's the reality. So I I, I, I so I'm not interested in, in listening to women complain about how men don't respect us, how men don't value us, because you don't value yourself. Just like if I go to a resort or a hotel. If I go to the hotel that's $20 an hour, 
Or if I go to some place that's $300 a night, that must mean it's nicer. So the woman who saves herself, she's a classy woman. She conducts herself like a lady. She's not over there exposing herself. She's saying, hey, I'm saving myself from marriage because I honor myself and I honor God. She has just elevated her status in society and among in the eyes of men because she's more valuable. Everybody can't have a diamond. You know, it's funny. I was shopping because I've been looking for some stud earrings. I used to like really big earrings, but now I don't really like big. I like, I like them if they're light. It's not so much the size, it's the weight. Okay, they pull on your earlobes. So I was looking at diamonds, some diamond earrings, and I saw some. I was like, oh, these are really pretty. I'm like, oh, I don't like these so much. She's like, yeah, because they're cloudy. See, the when and so they cost more. The ones that are clearer, more, more sparkly, they cost a lot more than the ones that are a little more on the cloudy side. My, my point is, I'm making a point. My point is, is that when something, it costs more, it's better you appreciate it more that's that's not to say if a woman has slept with a lot of men or she exposes herself she's less valuable no all of us are made in the likeness image of god her value is rooted in the fact that she is a mago day she's made a mago day doesn't matter how she conducts herself publicly however the reality is the reality is is that the way she will be received by men in society is not of one of a woman of a lot of value. Because you come across like a woman that everyone has touched. You come across like a woman that everyone has touched. And even as a woman, when it comes to men, I don't want a man that just sleeps around with anybody. Ugh. Ugh. You probably got syphilis. Nowadays, when you meet somebody, the first question you have is, do you have an STD? Because people just, I mean, that's the society we live in. We've embraced sexual immorality. And so we need to, to again, we need to go back to scripture. And like I said, just, just read 1 Corinthians 9, cause 7, excuse me, because if you just joined this episode, 1 Corinthians 7 too. Um, Excuse me, let me jump down to, to 3, because we get straight to the point. 1 Corinthians 7, 3, the husband should fulfill his wife's sexual needs. And the wife should fulfill her husband's needs. Uh, 1 Corinthians 7, 3, that's straight to the point. God wants you to enjoy sex. Now, if you want a silhouette challenge for your husband, by all means. If you want to dance sexy for your husband and red light specialist, by all means. Nothing wrong with that. The problem is, is you want to do it for the public. And it's furthering destruction of the family. See, the destruction, the breakdown of the family is the number one problem in society. Because it, for one, this is God's way of protecting us in the society. And it gives Satan open door to just run ramshot. Because when we have healthy children, like I said, you have healthy children, you have a healthy community, you have a healthy society, you have a healthy nation. That's the flow. That's the flow. But people don't want to do that. People don't want to do that. They don't want to follow God. They don't want to follow him. They want to follow themselves. And so now, one of the reasons, like I said, we have so many health problems, because now most women are raising their children alone, myself. I'm a single parent. I don't like to talk about my personal life very much, but it's just, it's very stressful. But I get it done. But I have a great support system, though. I have an excellent support system. But a lot of women don't. 
And then even then, you got to work. You got to cook and clean. You got to do this. You got to do that. And so when we encouraging women to sleep around or to expose themselves, we're not showing them the other side of that. This is how Satan operates. This is all satanic. See, that's the how Satan gets people wrapped in the sin. He just show you the pretty side. He don't show you the other side of that. That's what I'm trying to do. We and we and I talked yesterday about um and 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 in Hebrews, I brought up it like you can't <laughs> deliberately engage in sin. We as Christians, like I said, the life of a Christian is not one of perfection, but one of repentance. A repentant heart doesn't deliberately engage in sin. You don't do that. You don't. You don't deliberately say, I know God said I should do this, but I don't care. I'm about to go and do it anyway. And so we've created an entire culture that's founded in the rebellion against God. And we constantly find new ways. And many people, we we focus so much on the political LGBT movement because it's like they're in schools and they want to teach preschoolers to explore their sexuality. Like we all up in arms, but it didn't start there. It started when we were all right with men committing adultery. Then it morphed into we all right with fornication. Then it morphed into, okay, well, if you want to sleep with the same sex, that's none of my business. Then it went into advocacy. Then it went into transgenderism. It's just going to keep going and going to the point we get all off the scales into pedophilia. And people laugh when I say that. And they think, oh, that's nuts. It, it was a progression. It started off when our culture accepted men committing adultery and telling women to shut up and be quiet and men going to be men. You know, it's true. And then it just morphed and morphed and morphed and morphed and morphed. That's the way sexual sin works. Because with the transgenderism movement, they're having these trans kids. And in California, they're saying that, you know, uh, the insurance companies are saying that they will cover if a minor girl, so if the 13-year-old girl wants to get her breast cut off, that should be legal. I mean, this stuff is sick and weird. So if you're going to say that a child has a sexual autonomy, because the whole reason why it's illegal for children to have sex is because we say they lack the autonomy, they lack the ability to understand fully what they're doing. Therefore, they can't make that kind of decision. But if you're going to legally claim that a child possesses the autonomy to get their genitals and breasts removed, then how can you logically say a child does not have the autonomy to have sex? You can't make that claim. The logical conclusion of that is that if a child has the autonomy to go through gender transition, which is impossible to translate your gender, you're just mutilating your body. But if you want to say that a child can go through this kind of sexual procedure, then why can't the kid have sex? See, it's all connected. Rebellion begets more rebellion. But we like the rebellion that we like. But then we see it escalating. We're like, oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no, 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 no. I don't like that. We cannot have this. We cannot have this society. So please stop with these stupid challenges where y'all getting all sexual on camera. And I know it's going to get worse because people think it's cute and they get entertainment and they get likes, you know, and all these people doing OnlyFans, you know, these people making these online pages where they're stripping and things of that nature. Think about what's going to happen when you go later to look for a job. And even if it's ungodly, forget the job part because nowadays a lot of employers don't even care for many jobs. And then they have another site called Demon Time. I mean, it's literally called, it's called demon time. 
And it's afraid people, yeah, it happens. Like, oh, it's just demon time. Because apparently at, at people, this this belief that at 3 a.m. the veil thins and people who engage in witchcraft and demonic activity they try to summon demons and spirits at a certain time because the veil has thinned. It's easier for these spirits to come through to our reality. That's apparently where that concept comes from. I'm not saying it's true or not. I'm just saying that's the belief. So it's apparently it's a website for women to hop on and strip and do whatever. And it's just like, guys. Like I said, there's two issues with this. One, it's people's souls. That's the number one concern. And number two is destroying society. It's destroying families. It's destroying lives. It's destroying lives. It's destroying lives. And rebellion against God is always fun when you do it. That's why people do it. If it was, if sin was miserable, we wouldn't do it. We do it because it's fun. And then what happens is, is you see these people doing this stuff. And guess who's watching? The little girls. The women of my generation, we are failing our girls, our younger girls. We are failing them horribly. Because you do this kind of stuff and most of these little girls are running around with cell phones in their hand. I won't buy my children a cell phone. Absolutely not. Not doing it. Not doing it. You know why? Because I don't want my daughters watching the Silhouette Challenge. I don't want them seeing that kind of stuff. I don't want them seeing that kind of stuff. So people are doing this stuff. And, and I remember when I was in the eighth grade and Eminem came out with a lot of his music. His music was all about either killing his baby mama or doing drugs or whatever. And he was like, when people criticizing him and saying how he's hurting society, well, parents have an opportunity to raise their children, obligation to raise their children. And he's right. But then he's also wrong. Because you have a responsibility as a member of society to try your best to put things in the culture that will glorify God. Instead, he puts stuff in the culture to glorify the devil. Now, whether he knew it or not, I'm not saying that he's a Satanist. I'm not making that claim. What I am saying is that he was out there putting out content for his own self-glorification and for that of Satan. To lead people away from God to Satan. And, and we have to look at the world in those black and white terms. I know it's hard to do so. It's hard to see the people, like these people doing this silhouette challenge that they were doing the work of Satan. It's hard to see, oh, Eminem is doing the work of the devil. Like, he's just a rapper. Yeah, but is his music? Are what these women doing? Is it bringing, is it glorifying God? Or is it glorifying yourself and bringing people close to the devil? It's either or. It's black or white. There is, you know, there's gray area in a lot of areas, but this one, it's not. Either you're obedient or disobedient, period, point blank. And so you're encouraging the next generation of young women to be slaves to men. Because all these women do this, they claim it's for female empowerment. No, it's not. It's for male attention. It's for male attention. And I just encourage you all to stop supporting this stuff. Don't share it. You know, we need to speak up as, as a culture. And Christians have to do more to push back. And I don't understand why, you know, and, I, and I'm making this criticism like these verses regarding sex. And like I, and I read First Corinthians 7, or if you read the Song of Solomon, and 
I mean, it's clear in scripture. Why aren't more churches teaching uh, kids like, hey, or teenagers like, hey, God wants you to enjoy sex. He just wants you to enjoy it within the confines of marriage. That's all. If you want a silhouette, silhouette for your husband. Nothing wrong with that. But not for strangers on the internet. And if we start teaching more kids the whole counsel of God, and teenagers and people, a lot of stuff wouldn't happen. You know how many times I heard the line that Christians are sexually repressed people? If people were more biblically literate, they could point chapter and verse like, that's not true. God just saying don't sleep around because he don't want you having babies you can't care for and STDs and also getting spiritually connected with other people that you are not in covenant with. Whether I meet a guy at a bar and have sexual, sex with him or I'm married to a man, it still is a spiritual reality that comes with sex. There is a complete spirituality. Think about it. you creating the sex creates another person. Now we can get into the whole theory of how humans get their souls, but it's definitely during the sex act when a child is conceived, the humans get their spirits and souls. Okay? So the thing about it is, because it gets into this whole theory, um, you know, do we inherit our souls from our parents? Do we get a piece of our parents? Because if God was creating each soul every time a person was conceived that means that he would be creating imperfect souls because we have a sinful nature that means we inherit our sinful nature from our parents so clearly sex is a spiritual act we treat sex like it's grabbing a sandwich we treat sex like it is grabbing a sandwich and it is destroying so many lives so many lives. The desire to have sex is as natural as me wanting to go eat this bowl of soup I'm going to eat in a few minutes. Desire to have sex is as natural as me wanting to go take a nap. It is that natural. It is that normal, but it's in the proper context. God puts parameters around our behavior for our own spiritual and physical and social well-being. It's high time that we listen to God because our rebellion is only making things worse and worse and worse. All right. Thank you for checking out Is Solid Food. Um, I hope you learned something from today's show. Please share it. We want our young girls to hear it. Uh, we need our young people to hear it. We need people to understand God wants you to enjoy sex. He wants you to have an exciting and fun sex life, but with your spouse only. Only because some people are swingers. Let me call that out too. I ain't gonna get into swingers this episode. That's not the topic of hand, but so and that and what I will say for a quick minute, that's another problem. Because a lot of people know I'm polyamorous. You're just a swinger. Now y'all trying to make it sound not academic. You're just a swinger. Cut it out. No, I'm poly. That's what's going on. So people get bored. So now you're so used to having a revolving door sex life and you married, y'all tired of each other. So let's just bring other people in the mix. No, no. God wants you to have sex with your spouse only, even if your partner or your spouse agrees to bring other people in the mix. No, 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 and no. Anyway, so thank you for checking out at Solid Food. Um, you can check me out on all major podcast platforms. You can uh, check out my website, ChristinaCaramo.com. Also, Spotify, iTunes, all that good stuff. You can listen to my show, YouTube and Facebook at The Christina Caramo Project. And also on Instagram at Karamu the Great. That's Karamu the G I the number eight. And remember to be brave and bold because the gospel of Jesus Christ must be told. Toodles.